Welcome to the Readerly Report, a podcast of Readerly Magazine. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. So welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Gail and I are reporting for duty, and we are just checking in, I guess, on our midsummer reading lives. Touching base on a couple of things that we've talked about during the summer and also just some other unexpected bookish-related things. So why don't you start, Nicole, and tell us where were you tonight? So tonight I was at Emma Straub's new bookstore, Books Are Magic, out in Brooklyn. Uh, They had a Yes Way Rosé event that benefited Planned Parenthood, so they had some raffles going on, and of course, Emma was there, and it was just, I don't know, it was just a fun, bookish community thing where everyone mingled, and they drank rosé, and, you know, prizes were raffled, it was just a really fun night, like, I, I met some really fun um, book people that I plan on keeping in touch with, and it's just, um, I don't know, it just really gives you hope or just, you know, I'm not sure what it's like at politics or, and prose, but it was just a lot of people from the community who hear about the events there, they drop by all the time, it, it was just nice to see a really happening, you know, bookish event. Were there a lot of, like, famous Brooklyn authors there? There were some in the audience. The women from Yes Way Rosé and also Emma gave book recommendations for what people should be reading. And one of the Yes Yes Way Rosé women actually recommended Emma's book, Modern Lovers, which, you know, you thought was all right. I liked it a little bit more than you, but, you know, people in the Brooklyn community were excited to read that book. And um, what else did they recommend? They recommended Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Dandler, um, another very kind of New York and and neighborhood kind of book. I think that main character lives in Brooklyn, too. So, I don't know. It was just really fun. Um, well, that sounds awesome. Did you buy anything? Uh, I didn't, because what I was looking for, they didn't have. Like, I was looking for my next book club book, which is... Chelsea Girls by, oh, I can't remember who it's by. But anyway, she didn't have it, so I didn't, I didn't get anything. But I did buy raffle tickets. I didn't win any of the three raffles, but there's this online raffle, so of course I'm going to win that. <laughs> and what were they raffling off? Um, they had Yes Way Rosé prizes, so, you know, it was like Yes Way Rosé swag and Riverhead books and... Um, um, all kinds of cute magnets and pins like everyone got like a package bag where I think you got something from all of the different I mean I don't think you got anything from Planned Parenthood but (laughs) you got stuff from Yes Way Rosé and Riverhead so oh that sounds fun but it was yeah it was a fun event it's it's just nice to see that kind of community it's nice to see people you know, supporting the bookstore, supporting the author. And it was it was way packed. It was not what I was expecting. It was like wall-to-wall people there. Nice. 
I will go again. Long live the indie bookstore. Right. <laughs> so what have you been up to? So you mentioned that you watched Big Little Lies. You have not read it. Yes. Yeah, so I have read a couple of Leanne Moriarty's books. Some of her earlier ones I've read, The Husband's Secret and What Alice Forgot. And I never read Big Little Lies. And I never read Truly Madly Guilty. But when the, the miniseries came out for Big Little Lies, I was intrigued and I thought, well, I should read the book before I watch it. But of course that didn't happen. And don't read truly now and guilty. I just have to, you said, don't say that. Don't read, don't read it. Right. You told me not to read it. Um, so my kids are away at camp and they've been kind of dominating the, the evening television viewing with their marathon, many season viewing of the, uh, of the office, which I love. But as a result, I haven't had much, you know, sort of control over the TV. So while they were away at camp, my husband and I decided we would try um, Big Little Lies. And it, I really liked it. It was um, so dark. I Somewhere I saw it described as a comedy, which is just ridiculous. It's not remotely a comedy. But I thought the acting was great. Um, having not read the book, I can't speak to how faithful it was to the book, but um, my understanding is that it was pretty faithful and that, um, you know, it was with the exception of one or two kind of plot things that they had to pare down, that it was pretty faithful to the book. I thought the acting was great, uh, particularly Nicole Kidman, really good. And... Um, I liked it, and now I really don't need to read it, <laughs> so I'm happy. <laughs> you don't know that. Who knows what they changed oh, or I know. what richer experience you would get if you read it. Yeah. Just saying. And I'm coming from the totally opposite perspective. Um, I did read the book, really loved the book, um, watched the first episode of the show, was kind of, thought it was a snooze fest. Didn't get past the first episode, but you tell me that it picks up. So. Yeah, I think it does pick up. I would say probably the first episode was my least favorite. And, um, I mean, it's also so atmospheric. Like, the you know, it takes place in Monterey as opposed to Australia. So they've moved the action to the United States. And these fa these women live in these houses to die for on the beach in Monterey and their views and, you know, just their clothes and the music, the music. I've already like listened to the Spotify Big Little Lies playlist um, and followed that on Spotify because it was really good. And I don't know, I, it was, it was a lot of eye candy to watch it, but I liked it a lot. And I think that, you know, not surprising that I liked adaptations of novels about families <laughs> well I think a lot of the humor that people spoke came in with the mommy wars you know the pick you know the, the same moms versus the moms who are working right right and they you know Reese, Reese Witherspoon's character is sort of in the middle of that and in the beginning she starts out to be a bit of a caricature kind of the stay-at-home mom, um, you know, the one side of those wars. But she develops into somebody a lot more complex as the series goes on. I don't know if that's the same in the book, the character of Madeline. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I, thought it, I thought it was good. 
Well, that was that was my comment. That was my difference, I think, between Big Blue Lies and Wise Pay. Stay away from truly madly guilty because as dark as Big Little Lies was, there was I don't know, there was something very human and there was those elements of humor that just pop up naturally in life that truly madly guilty was totally lacking. I mean, it was so just toxic and unrelenting and I just hated everyone. I think you mentioned that as my, that's like your version of carousel court. Right. Right. Where it's just like grim and this is terrible and you know, yeah, I think we both, we talked about reading these books and just, it degraded the quality of our lives. Yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Cranky and snapping at people. What's wrong with me? Oh yeah. God, I can see that. Okay. So what else do you have going on? Do you have some updates for us in terms of what you've been reading? Yes. I know so... last time you had, um, said that you were going to give us some updates on the awkward age. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm bated breath waiting to see what you think about that because that is such a interesting storyline where I don't know you have teenage kids hooking up and there being consequences when they're in the same family yeah so okay so the awkward age um is I think I mentioned about a family in London it's a woman who is engaged actually she's not engaged she's just dating a guy um they're both she's in her 40s i think he's like 50 her first husband died she has a teenage daughter he has a teenage son mm. daughter and son do not get along until all of a sudden they do <laughs> then they hook up parents they get along out, too well get along too well parents find out and then she gets pregnant so, of course, the question is, what is going to happen to this baby? Are they going to have the baby? Who's going to raise the baby? What does this mean for the son's aspiring medical career? What impact does this impending baby have on the parent? You know, the parents, soon-to-be grandparents? I didn't realize the son was that old. Yeah, he's just graduating high school. It's England. And, yet, so and medical career. Well, oh, right, right, England, right. Because so they go to, right yeah. into that track. You're right. So he's going into, he's trying to get into Oxford. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It's a little claustrophobic in that there's so much dissection and analysis of the, all of the relationships going on. The, you know, the two adults, the two, the, the kids, then the cross- parents relationship so you know the mom to the son the boy um then there's some kind of tertiary characters there's some grandparents lingering around an ex-wife a sister and you really get into the heads of all of these characters there's not a whole lot of action it's just a ton of discussion interior. and dialogue and interior and analysis so for people who do not like domestic fiction this is not a good book for them but if you enjoy that breaking down of a complex situation into all of its kind of atomistic parts. Um, it was good. I did it on audio, which I enjoyed. I thought the narration was good. Um, trying to think what else to say about it. It resolves pretty well. And uh, it was, I, I thought it was well done. The dialogue particularly was very realistic. Really mm. true to how people talk. 
Which oh, is, that's nice. Yeah, you know, that's not always true. Not always the case in fiction. So um, I liked it. I would recommend that book. It was, it was good. Have you heard much about it or other than from me? I'm just curious if it's getting much attention. Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're interested in reading it, it's called The Awkward Age by Francesca Siegel. I'm kind of intrigued to read her first book or her earlier book. I don't know if that was her first, but it was good. Sounds good. So that's one of the books I wanted to report on. And the other one is Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And this was an impulse buy on the Cape earlier this summer. I had heard good things about it. So I actually like forked over cash for this book, which I rarely do. And it was good. Also dark. It's a, about a woman living in England. God, I'm really reading a lot of books set in England right now. Um, and she is very awkward and very socially inept. Um, she works in this office as an accountant and she has no friends and no relationships with anyone in the office. And she lives a very, very solitary life. Like at one point she says, the only times people come to her apartment during a year is when the guy comes to read the electric meter and when her caseworker shows up because she has, is in need of a caseworker. So like, that's like two times a year that other people come in her house. She's got this very set routines. And as you start to get to know her, you see that she had a very, very traumatic childhood and a horrible mother. And she's clearly just very traumatized by her life up till now and she's all these little control things are her way of you know it's just literally just surviving and uh the book is about her kind of coming out of her shell making some friendships um and confronting her past and figuring out you know what happened to her and how she can get past it so it's I thought it was kind of sold as like a quirky, quirky. Yeah, I thought it was going to kind of be like quirky and fun and, and the title sort of lends itself to, Ooh, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not fun. I mean, there are funny elements. She's very funny in her observations and her social, I mean, sometimes when people are socially inept, they make very funny observations about things because they don't get, you know, they're sort of like calling it like they see it. And that part is funny. Um, but it is not a, it is not a fun book. It is not a light book. It's, um, it deals with some pretty sad things and, um, but you know, it's like most of these books, it ends on a hopeful note and, um, it's not a difficult read. Like it's, I read it pretty fast, but, um, it's just not lighthearted, I guess is the word. So I recommend it. I liked it. So, um, it gets the Gale seal of approval for sort of depressing literary domestic fiction, mm-hmm. sort of. Yep. You're like, it's yep. right in that comfort zone. <laughs> You're like, I was right at home. Yes. It was very comfortable. It's like putting on an old sweater. <laughs> I fit right in. How about you? Have you read anything lately you want to report? I don't know. I'm kind of saving all of mine because they are coming later in the year. I have something that's coming up in September. And then, oh my gosh, I was really bad. So I have something that's coming up in December. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I got I got really out there. I was I was working on our classics challenge and I was challenged. Nice. <laughs> so, so I so I kind of ran to something else. But I will say, um, I think that I had mentioned on the show before that I had The Last Hack by Christopher Brookmeyer and I'd read some of his books before. He um is a Scottish author. And, you know, Scottish detective fiction they call uh, tartan noir. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So I read his book, The Last Hack, which I really enjoyed. Like the book that I read of his before this one was the first one that I had ever read in the series. I think it might be like the ninth or tenth book in the series. But I really enjoyed that book. I think it was like it was called Black Widow, I think. And so it's not, I mean, there is a a definite investigative aspect to his novels, but the main character is actually a journalist. And most of the time he's a disgraced journalist because he kind of operates on the other side of what's acceptable in his profession, you know, sort of, you know, maybe finding out information in ways that is not the best way to find it out and attributing it to, you know, an anonymous source. So he's got kind of gotten spanked with that a little. This one, the last hack is, is really um, heavily focused on, I guess, cyber crimes and, and cyber criminals. So I guess my one thing that I would say about that is that there are definite tech, a lot of tech elements and tech tech aspects of the, of the novel that I think he researched and did really well. It's just, it's a good mystery or good trying to solve this crime with someone who is a flawed personality, which I think is always very interesting. So I think that you would like it a lot more than you like oh, the before Noah the Hawley. Oh, before yes. the fall. Yes. Yeah. You're looking for that kind of crime fiction um, crime fiction from the point of a journalist, then definitely check it out. I also read fiction, uh, fitness junkie, Lucy Sykes oh. and Joe Piazza. I was just reading about that book today. It was in Us Weekly. That's why. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh your highbrow, your highbrow high literary recommendations. We still need to do our podcast episode on where we get our book recommendations from. Right. Yeah, you get Us Weekly, I do EW. I do both, yeah. Yeah, I do both. Yeah, EW is way better, of course, the recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always glance at the Us Weekly ones just to see what's there. So um, these ladies wrote a book last year that I really enjoyed. Why is the British name of it coming to me, which was Tech Bitch? And I remember thinking, that's a terrible it was, it was called the knockoff here. And uh, I don't know, the UK version, they changed it to tech bitch. Anyway, I really like that. Um, I really like that. So this is their second book, Fitness Junkie. And it is about this woman who she has this um, wedding dress company with her best friend. He's the creative side. She's the CEO. He At the very beginning of the book, he takes her out to breakfast and basically tells her that if she doesn't lose a bunch of weight, then she can't get her job back. And there's like some, some clause in her contract that says that she, she, she needs to be a certain weight at all times. 
So it's kind of all about all the different crazy fitness, you know, like all the fitness things that you've heard of um, that people are pursuing in order to lose weight, whether it's healthy eating or bone broth soup or um, I guess sort of there's is a takeoff on soul cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just all of these things that she encounters in her quest to retain her job by losing the weight that's required. And it was entertaining. Um, I definitely liked the knockoff a little bit better. There was aspects of this friendship that I felt like that they could have explored that they stayed away from. Um, they never really addressed, I guess, they address some things with, with their relationship. And she does go back into her past and how they grew up. But I guess I just wanted a little bit more of a a modern day um, showdown between the two of them. Hmm. So it was it was lacking a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that payoff. But I enjoyed it. Okay, definitely one that you can safely put in your um, beach bag, and you know, it, you know, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna laugh. Sounds like a good summary. Just trying to think, is there anything else that we wanted to cover? Um, I feel like, oh, so I've started a book, I think we talked about in the beginning of the summer, that is, that got a lot of buzz, called Do Not Become Alarmed. Oh, yeah, I wanted to read that. Yeah, so I'm like... It's a Riverhead book, I think. I think that's right. And I got it from the library, and... It's super stressful. No. <laughs> well, isn't it with kidnapped children? They're not really kidnapped, but they get lost. Yes, they are. They are lost. And okay, so missing child. Missing child, missing children, because there's a bunch of them. The good news is that you follow along what's happening to the kids at the same time. So they're not in this big unknown. They actually, you actually know where they are. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily make it that much less stressful. And it's one of those that's really hard to read at night because then I can't fall asleep because it gets me all worked up, kind of the way that awful behind closed doors did. Oh. Yeah. But this is better than that, I think. It's just more interesting anyway. So um, that's what I'm reading right now. And I'm going to have a cross-country flight tomorrow. And so that may get... um, Finished? If not finished, certainly pretty close, yeah. So I'm listening, I'm reading that now, and then I'm listening to a book that you read this summer called The Windfall. Hmm. How are you liking that? Um, it's really light. (laughs) You told me I think I told you that. You did tell me that. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, I'm doing it on audio and I found my mind wandering a little bit. There's a few storylines I like better than others that keep my attention more than others. But... It seems like like that book should be in Us Weekly. Like it's really light, right? It's about. I mean, that's what that's what I. I the premise is just so inviting, mm-hmm. and seems like it could be something that you could sink your teeth into. And I'm not saying anything. I mean, I think that that was not her intention. To I think the intention was for it to be lighthearted and comic. Yeah, and I just want it to be a little bit meatier along with the comedy. And I felt like it could have been that. Yeah. 
But then it was just like, this is just super light. It was super light. light. And it made me like it a little bit less. It was like, it's okay. You know, it's fine. It's definitely funny or whatever. You know, it's funny to see these circumstances, but I just felt like it could have been funny, but just a little bit more. Yeah. I agree. So, well, how far along are you? Um, I am about a third. uh, Yeah, I'm like a third way in. I think my favorite character was um, the couple's friend. Mrs. Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked her and her storyline. Yeah. And just for if you're listening and you're wondering what is this book about that we're talking about, if you didn't hear our earlier podcast about it, it's about an Indian couple living in Delhi who uh, he sells his website company for gazillions of dollars and all of a sudden they have a lot of money. That's their windfall. And they move from their middle-class apartment to a big house for rich people in Delhi. So it's all about the kind of expectations of society and what it's like to change social strata. And they have a son living in Ithaca who's in business school, who of course has a white girlfriend that he doesn't want to tell his parents about or American (laughs) girlfriend. And, you know, it's sort of, it's brand. light. It's light. It drops brand names and BMWs and watches and you know that kind of book. So it's fine. It's fine. It's it's good. It's funny. I had it in the car. I know you and I talk a lot about about like sw- switching between book and audio and everything. And I decided not to take the book with me on the plane because you're just like you can risk it. <laughs> you don't think I can risk it, yes. I'm there's not, not gonna be any page turning moment where right. you're trying to text me and <laughs> Right. I feel like I can be away from it for four or five days and I kind of think I want to just read it on do it on audio. I don't know right. how fast I'll read it in print. So You don't think that there's any point that you will be just driven to pick up the <laughs> No, I don't think so. Well you tell me, will there be? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's not suspenseful like that. You are not, you know. Right. So here's my question for you. Um, If I bring a second book with me, which of course I will, probably a second and a third, um, (laughs) should I bring The Leavers and then you and I can read that together? Or should I bring The Confusion of Languages by Siobhan Fallon? Oh, you should bring The Confusion of Languages. Okay. Sitting right next to me. It's going on the trip. Hello, book. So that I can, yeah, so that we can see... If you, I don't know, I just really love that story. Okay. And so then do you think we'll do the levers maybe in a couple weeks or something? Yeah. When you say finish up these couple, I'm actually reading No One Is Coming to Save Us by Stephanie Powell Watts. Okay. So I'm reading that and I'm finishing up some of my classics so that we can report back on that in a, you know, like I guess in like three weeks or so towards the end of the summer. So I'm going to finish up my classics. I'm going to read No One Is Coming to Save Us. And then, you know, in a week and a half, two weeks, I should be, we should, we should tackle the levers. And if there's anyone out there who wants to read the levers with us, get a copy. So let me ask you, why are you saying classics plural? Because I thought our arrangement was that we were each reading one classic. Oh, are you talking about the revisit the old classic? And the revisit the old. Oh shoot, I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw your blog post and you're like classics challenge done. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I totally forgot about the second half of the classics challenge. Shoot. <laughs> 
Shoot, How shoot. convenient. <laughs> Oh my god! And yeah, crazy. I'm plugging my way through Lady Oddly Secret, which is um, a classic that I read, and I got a sort of not nasty surprise, but I got a little bit of a surprise, sort of like your Jane Eyre surprise when you're just like, "Oh, you didn't tell me it's like 580 pages." And so when I first read Lady Oddly, I'm starting to realize I must have, for whatever reason, had an abridged copy because this copy <laughs> is like. 600 pages long okay <laughs> really oh, so I now have to read another classics okay but I'm about a third of the way through it We're, um let's call the second one optional <laughs> what <laughs> I'm a third of the way through my second one well, you don't have I, to finish it remember you said you wanted to do, do more do not finishes this year <laughs> well Start reading yours, and if you DNF it, then fine. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I thought I was done. Uh, more homework. More homework. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Is as we talked about, I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> I like to have the winds take me. You know, when I finish a book, and not have like a list of required reading. Like required See, summer. now you know why I've been so cranky. I'm like oh, I'm trying to get through Dorian Gray. He hates all women. I hate him. <laughs> all right, save your ire for our classics, classic challenge. Uh, I will when I unleash, unleash my fury. All right, all right. All well. right. Well, happy reading in the in the meantime, and we will reconnect when I've <laughs> gotten my act together on the second half of the classics challenge. <laughs> All right. Happy reading. Happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.